Well, if you've ever been on a construction site, you know these are the most spiritual people in the world. They're constantly yelling out the name Jesus Christ. There is so much prayer that goes on on a construction site. Or if you've done any kind of home improvements and you've hit your thumb with a hammer. And the idea of saying Jesus Christ is a great thing if you're declaring it in praise, but if you're just saying it because you're angry, well, that is one of the Ten Commandments, taking the Lord's name in vain. For centuries, people have been finding a way around saying Jesus' name in vain, and it was as early as 1803 that people began saying Jiminy Christmas or Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket, of course, come back one, Jared, for me, please. Jiminy Cricket, this name was actually used in Snow White as an exclamation. It was used by Mickey Mouse in 1938, the next year in his Brave Little Tailor short, And then in 1939, Dorothy says it when she sees the wizard, Jiminy Cricket. And it was Walt Disney who decided to name this green bug who serves as the conscience for Pinocchio, this name Jiminy Cricket. Now, Jiminy Cricket, indirectly referring to Jesus Christ, this little bug then helping others figure out what's right and wrong, a little voice that speaks, and even tries to get you to pray in a certain way by wishing upon a star. And if you do, then you get anything that you wish for. Now, I'm not going to create my theology around Disney movies. However, this really points to the fact that we all are wishing and hoping and wanting something larger than ourselves. Someone or something that would give us wisdom, help us understand what's right and wrong. And like Pinocchio, he desired to be a son. He wanted to be adopted by Geppetto as a true son. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is the one who does these things. Now, God has always been speaking. In the third verse of the Bible, we see God speaking creation into being. And God said, let there be light. And everything he creates, he says, it's good. And so we have a God who speaks from the very beginning to the very last chapter of the Bible. In fact, the first thing he says to humans, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. He blesses them. Fast forwarding as he has his people in the wilderness, he gives the Ten Commandments the very next verse. The very next verse, after those Ten Commandments, seeing the thunder and lightning, God's people are standing there and intimidating. And it it says in Exodus 20, they stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. I believe that God wanted to speak to each of his people individually and they said, no, we don't want that. It's too scary. And at that moment, God's going, okay, if that's what you want, I'm going to honor that. But it doesn't stay that way. You see, because there is a new covenant that begins with Jesus. And when Jesus comes, 
He says this, I'm the good shepherd, and my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. In John 10, when he talks about life to the fullest, he's talking three times about us as sheep, him as the good shepherd, and for us to hear his voice. It's what God has always wanted, a relationship where he would be speaking to his people, we would be hearing him, and then we would be following him. He didn't really want to give us laws. He wanted a relationship and he wanted his spirit to be in our hearts. And so that's why Jesus says when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and then he will tell you what is to come. The Holy Spirit, this gift of the Holy Spirit. So this is what we're going to be talking about for the foreseeable future. This idea that God has this still, small voice that's speaking and that we can hear his voice. My hope in however many weeks we spend on this, because I didn't put an end date on it, I just said, Lord, we just want to follow you. So we're on the adventure together. But as we're doing so, my prayer is this, that as we look at the word, as we hear many, many, many stories we will begin to realize that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You just have to understand what his voice sounds like. So this, this series we're calling Still Small Voice, Hearing and Discerning God's Spoken Word. And if you don't get our blog or listen to the Andrew Burchett podcast, I specifically highlighted a song that I wrote with this same title. I encourage you to check that out. But I have friends today to help us out. And um, as we do so, I just want to um, call your attention to this. If you want to scan this in, you don't have to do it right now, but I have a, a polling question active that says, what is it that you would like to hear as far as teaching is concerned about hearing and discerning God's voice? So as we're talking, you might have something that might come to mind. Hey, and you could just put it right into the app, okay? So you've got that. You can... You can and tune in, and if you've not done that before, I think it might even be in the skinny, um, but my code name is Andrew Birchie, A-N-D-R-E-W-B-U-R-C-H-E, 959-er. So great. So these are my friends. They will inter each introduce themselves to you, and I just have three questions for them, and we're going to hear just a little bit. We're going to have a little conversation. So imagine we're around the kitchen table, and you get to listen in. And, um, and I am praying that you'll be inspired, encouraged, and this is going to begin to whet your appetite for learning about hearing God's voice in the weeks to come. So, down on the end, the man who looks like Santa, no, not Santa Claus. Um, this is one of my friends that I've had since I was a wee lad, and I love the fact, Al, that you are still in our church, you're still doing life and ministry um, with us, and so... I'm going to ask each of you the same question here. First, introduce yourself and tell us about the time when you first heard God's voice. Good morning. I'm Al Cockrell. My wife and I have been here since, I say, the spring of 72. So we've been involved in the church a long time. It's interesting because, you know, you start thinking back about how many times have you heard the voice. One of the times that really changed my life is I was doing uh, ski patrol at ski areas on weekends on a volunteer basis, and I, 
and I got wrapped up to be the best. And so I was doing, I was going to Lake Tahoe almost every weekend. I think I did 35 days of skiing that year. And I was doing what was called a certified test. And had I taken this test and passed this test, which I did take the past test, but I didn't pass it, I missed one section. I could have gone anywhere in the world and gotten a job. Would have been a dream job, but I know it would have cost me my marriage probably. And I was sitting in a restaurant in Lake Tahoe with a bunch of the instructors that day. And they were telling me, they were telling us how bad their lives were, how many marriages they had, what was going on, things like that. And I literally had God come up, touch my shoulder, and whisper in my ear, are these the guys you want to hang out with? Completely changed my attitude. I walked, I pretty much walked away from skiing the next year and from ski patrolling. And um, God just completely changed it because he had greater plans for what I was willing to give him at that time. That was probably one of the first times I really heard his voice. Wow. Uh, Chris Thrasher Wheatley. And um, this question took me back to when I was 20 years old. I was a sophomore in college. And um, in the spring of my sophomore year, there was a bunch of prayer happening. We had daily prayer meetings on campus at UC San Diego. And I was growing in like hunger for God's word, but I was still really confused by praying and hearing God's voice. And so I, I sat in this season, it was probably a few months of praying daily that God would give me eyes to see and ears to hear. And I didn't know what that meant, but it was a scripture that struck me as I was reading through Mark. And um, it wasn't until that summer, I spent the whole summer in Los Angeles in Skid Row with InterVarsity's um, missions project there. And I'm praying with a friend late at night. And all of a sudden I just got this image of a, of a like six, seven year old boy trying to swing like a broadsword, like a, like a um, like Braveheart broadsword. And it, it was confusing. I hadn't necessarily experienced anything like that when I was praying before. I sat on it. I didn't say anything. And at the end of prayer, I said, hey, Patrick, I, I saw this thing when I was praying. And I shared it with him. And he just started laughing. He's like, oh, my gosh, I know, exact, I know exactly what that means. I was like, he's like, I'll tell you. I, I, I can't tell you now. But that, thank you so much, God, for giving Chris that image. And I was like, what was that? And that was that what kind of piqued my interest. And that was the first moment where I feel like I experienced something in prayer that um, I could say was God speaking to me. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Chris serves as our chairman of our board here at Neighborhood Church, and you are. Hi, um, my name's Chelsea Diaz, and I feel like the first moment that I knew that I knew that I knew that the Lord was speaking was I was super young, probably in kindergarten or first grade. And uh, I was going to pick cherries with my dad and my older brother. And I was on the top of the ladder and I was picking cherries. And I'll never forget, all of a sudden, I had this like fear come over my body that I was going to fall. And as I'm having this fear, like, like I just, I grabbed the ladder and I just wanted to stay there and, and not move. And even though my, my dad was holding onto the ladder and my brother was beneath me, I heard God say, and I'm not sure if it was an audible voice or it, but it got my attention for such a young age. And I had goosebumps and he said, I will never let you fall. Mm. And it was this marking moment of 
that I remembered that through the rest of my life when I was in high school trying to do my own thing, like, you know, show up on Sunday and love Jesus and do whatever the rest of the days. And um, since then, and I was even processing with the Lord this morning, and I was saying, what about that? Like, why did you decide to get my attention in that way when I was so young? Um, and so this is what he said back to me. He just said, um, because I wanted you to know that I am never going to let you fall. Like, you're not going to fail. Even if you fall, my arms are right there waiting to catch you. And time and time again, the enemy, like, he wants to knock on the door, and he wanted, he's wanted to knock on the door in my life and say, you're going to fail, you're going to fall, just give up now, and all those things. And I've had this picture and this moment with the Lord when I was young to bring me back to you to say, no, no, like, here's what Jesus says, like, I will never fall. I will never leave you. So powerful moment. I love that. And this is Laura. Laura, Laura, how old are you? Tell us. I'm 16. So you're just a little younger than the rest of us, but I'm so glad. Thank you for for being a part of this panel. Yeah, totally. Um, For this question, I actually cannot think of the first time because otherwise I would be here for a very long time trying to remember. He has spoken to me so many different times. Um, So the one I chose to talk about today is um, my eighth grade youth trip. Um, On that we had went, I forget where it was, (laughs) but we were we were sent to our tents. It was about 9.30 and we were supposed to stay there. I was um, stay there till the morning, and then I all of a sudden felt like I was supposed to pray for someone, and I was like, what? Okay, (laughs) what's happening? And then the Lord told me to pray for my youth pastor, Chris Ballant, Um, and I remembered earlier I'd seen him with this knee brace and heard him telling us that he had injured his knee. Um, and so I was like, okay, I gotta, gotta go do this. So I had asked a friend and, uh, to see if she would go with me. And she's like, yeah. And I asked my, um, counselor as well. I was like, is that, is that okay that we can just leave the tent? And she, she was like, yeah. So all that was, uh, good. And we went and prayed for Chris and, I think we prayed more than once, actually, and then just left. But it wasn't until this year, this last year, that I actually heard the testimony. And he said the next day he was, be, he was able to walk on that knee without the brace. And so that was, that was so good for me to hear that then. And just looking back at that, seeing how God planned that, that whole time, just all I needed to do was obey. So, like, just a reminder that God, God's voice is there, and it can be in many different ways. It's whether or not we will obey Him. And so, yeah. Right on, Laura. Now, it's interesting, when the Lord shows you something, or He, she, he prompts you for something, oftentimes there's a lot of grace for that, right? So, Laura's hearing this, and the Lord wanted to pour His grace through her, in this, in this prayer moment, and sometimes we don't see the answer to our prayer immediately, but that doesn't mean that God's not moving in this case, and, and, and sometimes it means that you pray several times in a row. Now, for some of you who are like, I prayed once, why do I have to pray more than, one, more than one time? But what we've learned is that as we pray for folks and we don't see an immediate change, we just keep asking because it doesn't hurt, and the Lord's not bothered. He loves it when we come to Him. So we come boldly and we just ask and ask. And I know 
There's been some people that I've prayed for that the first time or the second time or the third time I've prayed with them, even right here at the altar, nothing has happened. I've said, let's pray one more time. Let's just, and then all of a sudden something shifts, right? So it, this is, there's a grace that is released in us and through us when the Lord's speaking to us. It's probably because he wants to work in and through us to be able to do something for someone else as well. Second question, um, how does God usually speak to you, Laura? We'll start with you because God does speak in a multitude of different ways, and we'll talk about the different ways during this series, but, but what, most of the time, what's that seem like to you? For me, he, he speaks a lot with like um, a voice, and it's not like an audible voice. Like that's really, I'm not talking about a voice that's like, um, go do this, that's very loud. No, it's like this quiet kind of voice that's, that's a voice of a shepherd. And um, that's one way. And the other ways is oftentimes when someone's like, if God wants me to pray for someone um, for healing, uh, say someone had injured their hand or something, I would then, like a few days before, my hand all of a sudden hurts really bad in the same spot or close to the same spot as theirs. And walking by that person, when I see them, as soon as I look at them, the pain all of a sudden gets worse. And I go, oh, this is something. Um, that is this something you want to address right now, Father? Mm. And sometimes it's like, yes, that is the person. And yeah, so that's, that's great. <laughs> so paying attention, what, I just want to underline it because that was really good, Laura. Um, paying attention to what's happening in your body because the Lord actually might be getting your attention by giving you a similar feeling. And, and so then, especially if you go, my back hasn't been hurt. Why is my back hurting? I wonder if there's somebody here who has a hurt back, maybe I can just pray for them. And it, oftentimes, after I pray for somebody, then my pain goes away. You're like, oh, thanks, Lord. That was nice. Hopefully, they did the same thing for you. How about you, Chelsea? How does God, that's, that was, that's one way. Yeah, I just really want to encourage you that God is speaking to all of you right now. Like, Every day, every second, just are we attuned to him? And so I remember when I first started, you know, recognizing how I was hearing from the Lord, I would hear these things and it felt like this abstract thing, like, God, I just want to hear from you. I just need to spend like another hour with you. And it's just like, for me, it's oftentimes when I'm going throughout my day and I want to do a quick exercise with you. So just close your eyes really fast. And I can credit my husband to this. He does this, like close your eyes and just envision a pizza. So you see that pizza in your mind? That is often where God will show me a picture. Just right there when you're envisioning something, when you're daydreaming, for me, that's where God will bring up a picture. So sometimes I'll see a picture of somebody um, and I'll just ask the Lord, like, what about this person do I need to press into and pray for? Um, Another example is recently we were on a podcast interview and we were looking at this woman and she reminded me of another friend. And so I just began to speak life or prophesy over her and just give her words of encouragement based off of this other friend that I had that reminded me of this person. And she just started nodding her head and it was this encouraging moment. So that's another way um, that God speaks to me. Also, when he does speak, um, if I, he needs to get my attention, he'll remind me again and again. Like he's just so loving that he wants to deliver his message to his people. So uh, again, earlier this week, we have a team member who's I know is going through some really intense things, and the Lord like once reminded me, "Hey, will you reach out and send her a message?" 
and I was busy, it was probably in a meeting, um, I was doing other things and I forgot about it. And then like two or three times, probably four or five times if I'm being really honest, God would just bring her up in my mind and I finally had a quiet moment to send her that message. So it's like repetitive um, and he speaks your language. So if you... If you are a musician, maybe God wants to speak to you while you're playing music. Like I'm a business owner. I love talking about business and it's often when I'm on a walk um, thinking about my business that God will give me like a strategy or someone on my team that I'm supposed to encourage. So God is always speaking. He's speaking to you. You just have to tune your ears to him. Good. It's good. Yeah, the speaking your language. I think that's really important because it he created us uniquely, he's wired us uniquely, and so he's going to communicate with us uniquely. Um, for me, I think a lot of times I'll hear scripture, and then it's a matter of figuring out how that fits in the moment. Sometimes I'll just get a straight up like, Isaiah 53, 4, like pop into my head, and I'm like, what is that verse? And I flip open my Bible and um, try to make sense of it, and um, I'll get images. Um, and then I think what's interesting is there's certain seasons where it looks a particular way. So, you know, I'll have six months where all I'm getting are scriptures. And I'm like, okay, this is what it is right now. And there are seasons where um, a lot of times I'm, I'm hearing worship songs as I'm praying for someone. And I'm like, okay, that's what this is in this season. So I'm trying not to force it. There's even been seasons where um, God felt silent. Like I've had stretches of time where I, I'm praying and I just don't hear anything. And even in those moments, um, the, I've been like, okay, I'm, I'm being present and I'm listening. And if he wants to speak, he can speak to me. So I feel like trying not to force it um, and, and being present and attentive. Um, and then I would say one other thing is um, I tend to hear more when I'm praying in groups. Mm. So when I'm praying with people, when I'm praying for people, um, I, I tend to hear God more than when I'm sitting by myself. And maybe that's just me, but um, I think that's been really encouraging me to pray more with people. Yeah, right. Many times it's not my own words. I'm not thinking about a word, yeah. and all of a sudden it pops into my head, I've got this. And, and it's just God confirming that he's going to take care of something that has been on my mind, but I'm not thinking of it at that time. For me, many times... I, uh, I hear God the most when I'm in nature. I hear God, uh, I have been on the backside of Mammoth Mountain riding a chairlift with a friend and just like, you take this run by yourself, I'm hearing God, I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna pray. I find God when I, when I drive. There's a lot of people who hate to drive from Sacramento to Salt Lake City. I'm one who loves it. Because I get into the presence of God when I drive. My, my, mental, my mental self can say, I can pay attention to the road. I can see what's happening. But the spiritual side of me is in deep communion with God. And those are some of the most wonderful times that I have doing that. It's interesting, the places of stillness that we get in oftentimes are the places where the God, God will speak to us most. A lot of people say, God speaks to me in the shower. Because you're just doing your thing and then all of a sudden something just, there's this idea that just pops into your head and you think, well, where did that come from? And Lord's like, finally, you, you stopped thinking about everything else and now I can get your attention. But oftentimes driving is, is a time when, especially if you've been driving for a while, you're not a new driver, um, and 
you know, you're able to just be present with the Lord. He just will just drop things in your heart. So many times I've pulled up here at the church and I've sat, turned my car off, and I'm like, Lord, I know that was just you. So what do I do with this thing that I feel like I'm, I just popped into my mind? So um, oftentimes when I'm hearing God's voice, it's like, um, do this. It just uh, if, if you were to close your eyes and then um, picture someone saying your name in your mind. That's what, for me, what God's voice sounds like. It's just, it's just a, this thing that just pops in. It's very natural. God doesn't speak King James English, right? He doesn't say, oh, Lord, Andrew, thus and die, and, you know, thusly, therefore, you know, it's just, it's very plain. And oftentimes the Lord will ask me questions, and there'll be a question that will make me think, like, for instance, I was on sabbatical, and I had this temptation just to entertain myself. I didn't want to sit just with God and have to look at all my heart and the, the stuff. So I was like, where can I? I'll watch baseball. I'll go do this. I'll play golf. And the Lord said, really? Is that how you're going to spend your sabbatical? That's all he said to me. And I was like, oh, you're right, Lord. And it wasn't condemning. Don't get me wrong. It was just pointing to the fact that my heart was misaligned. Last question. So... When we talk about hearing God's voice, oftentimes we need to confirm whether it's our own thoughts, it's the voice of the enemy, or it's indeed God himself. And we like to call it confirmation, getting confirmation that this is actually God speaking, not eating too much pizza and having strange dreams because you gorged yourself with entire pizza or whatnot. So I want to ask you each to share how or where do you go? What, what do you look for as far as confirming that this is God speaking to you? There's lots of ways to get confirmation, by the way. So it, It's interesting, since I've really started paying attention to what God is doing, um, there's a peace. It's, there's, just, there's a peace that says, believe what I'm saying when I'm telling you. Uh, driving across Nevada, and he said, I've got this. It was a job that was just going bad and uh, doing a framing of a house, and the crew wasn't doing it the way I wanted it. We were on vacation. We were coming back. A song came on the radio in the middle of the desert. song came on the radio, and God just says, I got this, and there was a peace that just filled the, room, filled the car. I don't know if my wife and my kids felt it, but I certainly felt it, and I knew that this was a true and right word from God, because of that peace that came. That's really good. Chris? Um, I think it's, there's a familiarization process. So um, just like getting to know anyone, if you were to make a new friend here, um, as you get to know them, you understand their personality, their quirks, um, kind of like when, when they're gonna go a certain way with a conversation. I think it's the same with God's voice. And um, so what that means is uh, our exposure matters, how much, how much we actually are exposed to his voice. And then um, kind of working that out and learning to trust and, and step into that. So uh, one way I tend to think about it is if I feel like I've heard something, like you know the pizza image, if I feel like I got an image, I sometimes can rate it on a scale of one to 10 on how strongly I feel about that image. Like, 
that that was a three. I, you know, maybe that was my maybe that was my imagination. Maybe that was God speaking. But there are times where I'm like, that came out of nowhere, and I feel I can like feel it very strongly. Um, and I'd be like, that's a ten. I, I that's in, I need to do something with this. Um, you could also use like green light, yellow light, red light. Like this is a green light. I need to go. Or like yellow light, proceed with caution. Or red light. I'm gonna hold on to that one and see if it comes out somewhere else. Um, and then. Um, if someone else shares the same thing, I'm like, I got that same scripture. That's wild. Or, whoa, that image is exactly what I saw in prayer. Um, you know, I was in a prayer meeting in the fall and we were just listening and half the room heard the word pride. I'm like, hmm, should probably pay attention to that, you know? Um, and then, uh, just two rules that I've kind of held. I was given this early on as I was learning to pray. One is um, whatever I hear, if it's red, yellow, green light, um, to hold it with humility and never do a thus saith the Lord. Um, and uh, because it, it's one thing to be trying to learn how to hear God's voice and what to do with it. But when you start like wielding it at people, that's not good. Um, and then the other one is, um, I always, if I hear anything about future spouses, babies, or deaths, I sit on those and I don't share those. I just don't because um, those can really, I, I've just seen that go wrong so many times. So I can confirm afterwards if something like that happens, but I don't ever, there's certain places I won't go even if God shared it with me. I feel like he's leading me to pray into those, but not to share those, so. Yes, yeah. we'll talk about all of those things later in the series. Mates, dates, and something, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Yep, we don't talk about those. Um, I was a wedding photographer for 10 years, and at the end of my career, even now, I can pick up a camera, I, I can photograph someone in any lighting, I know my settings, I, like picking up the camera and holding it is just like this muscle memory yeah. that I've built. But when I first started out, I couldn't have done that. Like I brought my camera everywhere with me. I took photos of my cat, my mom holding a flower, like the pretty bush in front of me. And then I worked my way up in confidence. But I literally took my camera with me everywhere and practiced and practiced and practiced until I built the confidence. And I think that's how we have to approach hearing from God is being willing to trust the process and to start out somewhere and take a risk that might feel scary. But as just like in photography, in hearing God's voice, I know when he's speaking now because I've practiced and I've been okay with putting myself out there and getting uncomfortable. And especially when I hear a word for somebody else or just wanting to share it with them, God's voice is always encouraging. It's never guilt. It's never shame. It's never condemnation. That's the voice of the enemy. So right. you just have to filter it through that. And then also I love what Chris said about like delivering words to people. Just do it from a place of love right. and encouragement. And I feel like, like I, I shared with you about a team member that I needed to send an encouraging word to. Like God reminded me multiple times to get my attention because I had forgotten about it. So I think God will remind you if it's important. But then on the flip side, I've also been in places like at a conference and God highlights someone to me. And I feel this like quickening, this swift obedience that God is like, do it now. 
do it now, do it now. And it's often in those moments and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, like, should I do it? Should I not? But I just, I feel this, like, do it now, do it now. And I feel like in, in doing that, I've built confidence and trust. And like, it's going to be okay. Like, I'm going to be okay. Like, I, Jesus loves them so much that he wants to use me to get this message across. Can, wait, can yeah. you describe the quickening thing? It's not like you're anxious. No. It's not like, um, like how would, can you describe it a little bit, what that feels like? Mm. How would I describe that? That's a great question. Yeah, because you were saying that. I was like, I know, I, I yeah. feel that, yeah. Is this a sense of urgency? Yes, is like, that, is yeah, that a like good urgency, word? yeah. Like, I, I, gotta, I gotta do this. I, I need mm-hmm. to do this. this yeah, is, this like, this is happen. important. Like, I don't want you to miss this, like... And, in, and it's been more about me in that moment. Like, I'm afraid to go do it right away versus, um, is this the wrong? Like, I know that this is an encouraging word, but I'm almost afraid. It's that fear of man that God wants to break off of. Like, mm. no, you can do it right now. Like, you don't need to think about it. You need to go back and, like, pray for an hour or two. Like, this is, this is now. Because <laughs> you might not see that person, you know. So. Yeah, especially if you're in a restaurant and the Lord shares something with you in your ear about your server, you don't have time to go back to your house and pray about it. He's re- it requires you stepping out and saying, hey, I'm, and finding a way to deliver that, which we'll talk about that later in the series too. Laura? For me, uh, mine is kind of a weird one, but for anyone who says that from, um, that it, from hearing the Lord is weird, because some things are, but um, a confirmation that it is him, is, this is more for like, if he is talking to me, um, he just, he lets me know he's in the room. And by doing that, I just get this um, scent of his presence. <laughs> I can smell him in the room. It smells so beautiful. It's so sweet. And um, I, just, I just wanted to share that because um, there, I believe that there are some people who have, have smelt his presence before, and it's, it is weird. It is really weird, and it's hard to explain, <laughs> but it also is a confirmation from the Lord saying, I am here. This is me talking to you, um, and yeah. And I've also, like, experienced with the peace and stuff and the quickening to go and do it. Um, and so, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. So, just for fun, has anybody felt like you've smelled something that didn't exist, but it was the Lord? Okay, so look around. You're not alone. I have, and I know others have. And I know a friend of mine who used to be in the office, he smelled that sweet, like it was like almost like anointing oil. And he was walking around trying to figure out where it was. I'm like, what are you doing? He said, I'm smelling this. I don't know if it's really here. I said, no, that's your, the Lord is allowing you to smell that because his presence is here. He wants to do something. So what's that? I, many times when I sense the Lord, I smell wood smoke, like a fireplace. Wow. I just smell smoke. I felt, I smelled it in the chapel when there's been no fires close by. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Something's going on in here today. Which is a great uh, commercial for Al helps to lead our prayer time before the service. Anyone is invited to come and pray with us. Uh, The folks, everybody who's a part of the service is in there. It's a great time together. No one's going to make you do something you don't feel comfortable with, but it is where God's presence is moving. I would love to have you come and uh, and pray with us. Nine, yeah, 9 9 a.m. Anytime between 9 and 10. I was just... 
I was thinking about how sometimes when we have a conversation, at least in, in the college world, when we're working with college students, there can be a feeling of like, why hasn't God spoken to me? Or there can be a like, I haven't, I haven't ever smelled anything in a room, you know, which I was like, that's so awesome. I wish, I've never smelled anything that's in a room. That's so unique, by the way, yeah. But um, I just think back to a mentor of mine. He had a phrase, pass the turkey, which is at Thanksgiving, if you're sitting at the table, there is enough turkey for everyone. Yes. There always is enough, like, no one gets invited to a Thanksgiving meal where there's not enough turkey. That's right. always going to be enough. And so he's like, why do we compare and why do we... Right get jealous or wish we had with someone else. It's like, hey, pass the turkey. Right. I want some of that. You right. know, like I want I want to experience God, I want to experience you that way. I wanna I want to experience quickening or smelling or the peace. Like so I just think when this conversation happens, I can I know that we can go to comparison, but actually maybe a, a better posture for us as a church yes. is to say, pass yes. pass some of that my way. I want to experience that yep. way. Maybe I've gone my whole life and haven't experienced that, but I want that. I yes. want that. Yes. And that's why we're doing this series. Because I believe that as we're teaching, as we're sharing stories, as we're helping you do some exercises right here actually in the service, you're going to begin to realize, oh, this isn't some crazy mystical thing that's unattainable for me. Somehow everybody got the message and I didn't. Um, but I believe that by the end of this series, if you really want to learn how to hear God's voice and sense him, you will. Um, and one of the things we'll talk about is some people hear the audible voice of God. I heard it once in my entire life. Um, and generally, the rule of thumb for the audible voice is if you're hearing the audible voice, you're in big trouble. Like if God has to speak to you out loud, I don't ever want to hear his audible voice again because that moment was one of the scariest moments of my entire life, right? And he needed to get my attention to change my focus completely or else things would have ended very badly for me. So um, this is not about hearing the audible voice, although if you hear God's audible voice, way to go. More power to you. But generally, we're led by the Spirit in this very still, small voice, these little impressions, these little pictures, these little things. And the more that we begin to tune our ear, the more we begin to go, oh, that's God. And sometimes it's, it's just as simple as testing it, first of all, making sure it lines up with Scripture. It's producing fruit that lines up with who God is. And, and then saying, well, I'm going to just follow this. I'm just going to do this. If this is going to love someone better, if it's going to honor someone, if it's going to be more generous, if it looks like the kingdom, I'm just going to do, go do it. I don't know exactly if it's God or not, but once I, do, once I live that out and I see an exponential response of fruit, I go, oh, that was the Lord. So sometimes I don't even know if it's the Lord speaking until afterwards. That's why it's such an exciting life with Jesus because you're trying to figure out, God, was that you? I decided to just follow the impression. Um, one thing I wanted to make very clear here is that everyone can hear the voice of the Lord from the oldest to the youngest in this room and out of it. If you know the Lord and you spend time with the Lord and you ask him to speak to you, he will. And the more, like we were saying here, the more you spend time with him, the more you learn his voice. And even like kids, like I've seen like four and five-year-olds who just get a message from the Lord and want to share it. And I've also seen so many people be like, oh, no, you, you can't. You don't actually hear. Huh. No, they can hear the voice of the Lord fully. So, yeah.
That's excellent. Any, la- any final thoughts, team? I just want to encourage you to, I love what Chris talked about, um, just the comparison thing. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you to turn your heart and just say, God, like I'm expecting you to speak to me in a new way this week. We have to change our mindset about that and to shift things and say, no, God, I'm going to press in and I believe that you love me, that you have called me a daughter and a son and that you want to speak to me. You have good things for me. So I just challenge you this week to turn your ears and just say, Lord, like I expect to hear from you and I'm so excited to be on this adventure. I love that. Thank you, panel. You guys are amazing. Thank you for sharing your life with us. I wonder if you can make yourself available down here to pray for folks. Uh, And if you'd like to just have these folks pray for you, uh, here's what they'll do. They'll just listen to what the Holy Spirit shows them and they just pray that for you. Okay? There's, you don't have to worry about them telling you what all your sins are. It's not going to work like that. They're they're not going to interview you. They just want to bless you and pray for you, all right? And the rest of the prayer team, we want you to also come down. In fact, we probably need more prayer team than normal, okay, this morning. So if you guys want to just transition down here, down front, if everybody else wants to stand up, prayer team, come down forward. Um, I really want to encourage you to um, get the Poll Everywhere app. That's the, the QR code that we've had on the screen. Um, and uh, next week we'll be doing some hearing God exercises, totally anonymous, where you can send in what you feel like you're seeing or whatever. No one will know who says it. We're going to put it all together and then actually present it at the end. And what you're going to see is perhaps what you were hearing was really God. So if you have a smartphone, I encourage you, get digital with us. I know it's a little bit weird to do all the digital things, uh, but I think this is going to be absolutely a blast. I cannot wait for next week. I'm counting down the days, only seven more days till next week. So um, Jesus, thank you that you're the good shepherd and you take care of us, the sheep, and you always are speaking. And so we want to tune our ears to understand what your voice sounds like. I pray and thank you for these stories that we heard today. I pray that it would just elevate our faith to believe that you are speaking. You are calling out to us. You're leading us. You're guiding us. Um, And so uh, in the days ahead, would you be speaking your messages to your people extra loud? And uh, Lord, may there be story after story after story next week about how you spoke this week and how you led your people. So thank you uh, for this church that I love so much and for my friends in Jesus' name. Amen. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We'll see you next week.